We're going to look to the continuation of uh, Church on the Move today, and I hope that everybody has picked up your, your reading, reading chart. If not, there are those in the foyer, and I want to encourage you, get involved in the Word of God. This series in the book of Luke and the book of Acts is one of the most intriguing studies and series of messages that we're going to be ministering. And, uh, and it's, just, it's just an awesome series, and uh, there's things that we all learned in this journey that maybe you have heard and forgotten, but it's also intriguing to find some nuggets of gold in the studies of God's Word that we've overlooked through the many years of our serving the Lord. Am I on? All right. Awesome. All right. Through this series, it's, I'm going to share this. All the series uh, that we're going to share through the book of Luke and book of Acts is, is for mission. Uh, it's not a mission that you can be a better person. It's not a, a self-help uh, mission. It's not so that you and I can achieve our potential. This is not so that we can meet our, our objectives in life. And this series of messages is not so that we can be all we can be and do all we can do. The exclusive message that we want to get across in this series is the mission of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he had a mission when he came to this world. And it wasn't all filled with roses, but all through the journey of God's life, of, of Jesus' life, he left us something to witness and we're witnesses today because we've had an encounter with the lord we are witnesses today because he met us in a journey of life and by invitation he came into our life and he laid he took care of the sin nature by us asking him to forgive us and and through that encounter and, and walking with the lord he's met us at different places in the journey of life Sometimes it's been in the crossroads of life when we didn't know the decision would be right or wrong, but we, we were at a time of, of decision. There have been times when we've had time to bathe that decision, and uh, then there's been times that it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. We didn't have the th time to think or ask, but we just had the time to say, Help me, Jesus, and he showed up. It's these encounters that we have today that we reflect upon many times, and then there's times that we forget the encounters that we've had with the Lord. But today, this, this is all about Jesus' mission. And we're going to reflect upon that today, and I hope by the time we get through the book of Acts and we parallel with the book of Luke, we're going to see some awesome things. And today, I'm going to pick up where Jared left off last, last uh, week. We're going to begin with Acts chapter 6. 1 and verse 6. By the way, I want to say to Jenny and the prayer praise team, awesome job. And, and the special this morning, wasn't that awesome? Yes. Yeah. God bless the special today in a very, very rich manner. As we look at Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11, uh, I just want to pick a few things apart this morning. So when they had come together, which is talking about all the believers and, uh, and a few chapters later, we see it's about 120 people. And so we know by this that Christianity was not a big point in life at that time. They asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or season that the Father has fixed in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. There's our mission today. The Holy Spirit comes so that we would be a witness 
of our Jesus mission in Jerusalem is where it begins. It begins right where they were uh, gathered on that day. It began in the home territory in Jerusalem. That's where the encounter with the Holy Spirit empowered them. The community knew that there had been a change in life. A testimony of, of Marilyn's granddad had such a, such a re, uh, response to the community where we lived in the east of here. Uh, Grandpa Bill was... They, came home from the service, and, and he had learned to swear like a sailor. But the day, he, the day he had an encounter with the Lord, and the day he turned his life over to the Lord, he became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, he laid aside the swearing of his life. And even my father-in-law, before he became a, uh, a, in relationship with Jesus Christ, he said, nobody had to tell you when Grandpa Bill got saved. A mission had been accomplished. His swearing went by the wayside, and his praise for Jesus was felt. Today, we all have a fragrance that we have that, that leaves the, our spirit, that ignites our spirit. And, and by this, people get to know us by the spirit that dwells within us. And there's a fragrance. And first, or 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now, thanks be unto God, who always triumphs in Jesus and diffuses the rest of fragrance everywhere we go. Today, do you know somebody that's, every time you meet them, they're always, on, they're always angry. They have nothing good to say. And the fragrance of their life just speaks a, a message that they're really struggling and they really need help. On the flip side of that coin, have you ever met somebody that was just happy all the time? They would have laughed if the tornado was, had taken their house off, off of the footing. They would have laughed if their closest friend was, in the, in, was at the funeral home. There was just something about them. You knew that the, the joy of their heart was going to release a fragrance in the encounter that you had with them. The day that we encountered Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, There's a witness of his mission that's accomplished, accomplishing things in our life. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we became, become living creatures because of the mission of Jesus Christ. As we look into Scripture this morning, the Spirit came upon the witnesses of Jesus, and the mission began at home in Jerusalem. And, then it, and as I look at the mission here, Jesus has, has a... Uh, developed at Elm Grove. The mission that we've been involved in very intensely the past 20-some years is the ministry at home, the bus ministry, the outreach ministry, the WM ministry, the men's ministry. It begins at home. And then it, then it spreads from, from Jerusalem and from, from Jerusalem where they were living and to Judea, a greater region. Today we have an outreach in other places. We have missionaries in, in, in other cities and there are people that are raising new works. And so we get involved with them by helping and supporting them. And that area in the Bible days was the Judea region. And then Samaria reaches to the outermost ports. Suppose America was the arena for us today or the extended area. And then it goes to the ends of the earth. This church for years, for the 40 years that we've been here, has always been very strong in missions. I'll, I'll never forget the first time I looked at the missions report, 40, 50, and $60,000 a year going to missions around this world. And I, was, I can also remember the day when, when a missionary married a, a lady from this church, 
and they were very, very, they, they were, everywhere they went, the fragrance of God was just upon them. And uh, he, they came home, and one Sunday he was ministering, and on Sunday night he, he told the, this congregation that, that met here constantly, God has spoken to me to build a church in Africa. It's the only location that's available, and it's right over the sewage disposal in this city. But he said, for $5,000, I can build a church there. It'll be a place where people can meet Jesus. It'll be known in all the city because this, this area has been for sale at some time, and I need $5,000 to buy that property. Following the service, the board and I sat down, and we said, We've got 5,000. I always watched, for some reason, I always watched what was in the building fund. I was always intrigued by what was in the building fund because my dreaming wheels were always, were always rolling, and I was always thinking about the building fund. But I, I asked the secretary that night, how much do we have in the building fund? And she said, we have exactly $5,000, Pastor. And I looked at the board. And inwardly, my spirit was, my, my, my selfish spirit was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You'll be sorry, don't do it. I said, Board, what if we gave Harold Carpenter this $5,000? And they said, if you want to do it, let's do it. And I said, let's do it. Secretary made the check out, $5,000, we handed it to that gentleman. And, and time began to roll and, and things began to happen. He would come home year after year and he would tell us and give us a report of what God was doing in this great church that had been built over the sewage disposal area in this big city. And that was just the beginning of ministry in the mission field. And God has, has sent missionary after missionary. I'll never forget a testimony of a gentleman, a missionary in Tulsa, and, and he had had such a struggle in putting his missions together, but he never let it be known the struggle I'll never forget he was past time it was supposed to, he was supposed to already be on the assignment in a foreign country but due to the inability to raise his funds he was still at home and he called one week and he said pastor he said I I I, I have a date or two could you use me on a Sunday night and he told me what it was and I said yes we can he came on that Sunday night and following the service I'll never forget the night and little did I know his need he never talked to me about need he just says can I come you know, it's amazing when you go, God will speak. When you, when you make a decision to take a step of faith, God will speak. When you decide, I'm going to take a step, not knowing where it's going to take me, when I'm following Jesus, I'm going to take it. I'll never forget, the crowd wasn't real large that night, but we had an awesome crowd, an awesome spirit. And come to the close of the service, I said, we're going to open the service today. We're going to take uh, commitments for the next four years. How much would you like to support this group, this, this missionary I'm not mistaken, $257,000 in pledges came in that night for a monthly support for the next four years. The missionary broke down and cried, and he cried, and he hugged my neck, and he went home. The missions department was well known in my life. Our missions director had been a part of this section as a pastor before he went to the district office, and he called me, and he said, uh, You'll never know what this stop at Elm Grove meant. That missionary, and he called him by name, like $250 or $67 having his pledge. And you probably didn't know it, but Elm Grove meant that to the penny. And he's ready to go. You know, I had not seen or heard, neither had it been recorded in the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. But I'm telling you, God's on a mission today. 
And he'll meet us right where we're at to get us to where we need to be. He never shames us because of where we're at. He's always on a mission. He wants to encourage our life so that it, it will dispel discouragement. He wants to fill our life with a hope that's steadfast and sure. He wants to give us the desire to be an example and to be a help to somebody else who's less fortunate than we. And the mission came as the Holy Spirit moved upon those that witnessed the presence of God. And the witnesses on Jesus' mission was to be a missionary in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the other most part of the world. And that mission has still continued through the years. The story continues. And when he had said these things, meaning Jesus, they were looking up. And as, as they looked up, a cloud took Jesus out of their sight. And the presence of God in the Bible is often accompanied with a cloud. While they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes saying, These are angels. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? The same Jesus that was taken up from you into heaven will also come in the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. Let me ask you, have you ever saw a child with a balloon and a string tied on it? And he walks outside the store or outside the door of your house, and all at once a balloon is gone. And you can tell if there's a response of despair, whether it was did on purpose or where it was by accident. I saw kids just throw a tantrum because their balloon was gone. You could hand them another balloon, and, and they, it, it was a, a sad day, the day they turned the first one loose, but they wanted to see if the second one would follow suit, and so they'd turn it loose, and there it would go. Just to see if what their eyes had really witnessed was really true. And if you didn't respond with the third balloon, again, the tantrum came. Not because they had lost something, because they wanted something else from you. Invariably today, accidentally, accidentally, sometimes we get caught unprepared. Sometimes the things we have a string tied onto gets away from us. But it's the action that we take that allows us to realize whether or not it was by accident or by coincidence or just on purpose. I wonder, as these guys looked at the passing of Jesus, could they have said, I wish we'd have tied a string onto his leg. They were taken by surprise. This same Jesus that had been ministering to him had, had left. He had disappeared. The clouds had received him. It rolls back the calendar to the book of Exodus where the children of Israel had been let out of Pharaoh's courts and out of Egypt bondage, and they were on their way to the promised land. And here's how the presence of the Lord showed up in olden days, in the Bible days in the Old Testament. They were led by a pillar of cloud of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. You know, I can hear many people that you and I may know said, you know, if God was just as real then, if he'd just light up the sky at night when it's dark and lead me that way, I'd follow him. Or if there was just a cloud over my head that I knew I was on the right path, it'd be easy for me to follow him. I can tell you something better than a cloud today is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He will witness to you when you're doing the right thing, and he will also witness to you when you need to do the right thing. I like the way that, that uh, Charles and Francis Hunter had adapted their life. Ch Francis and Charles Hunter came here almost 25 or 30 years ago, ministering in a way that we had never witnessed before. And the building every night that they were here was probably two-thirds of the way full. And there was an hour of nothing but praise and worship. It was an hour when the saturation of the Spirit just flooded the people. 
Frances Hunter had been a bartender for over 50 years. She said, I could tell the dirtiest, filthiest joke there was to be told until I had an encounter with Jesus. And when Jesus transformed my life, he changed my life completely, and I became a follower of him because of the mission that he had accomplished in my life. Charles Francis had also followed suit. He was a CPA by, by designation of his calling in life. But they had joined their life together, became married, and, and was in the ministry of furthering the mission of Jesus Christ when they came here. Days and days we, we enjoyed their presence. I liked the way that they would offer the mission of Jesus Christ when we would take them to the restaurant. When the, when the waitress or the waiter would come to our table, this is the way they would, they would begin the conversation. Maybe they would bring the, the, uh, the uh, menus. Maybe they just came empty-handed. But as the, the person would come to our table, they'd say, well, God bless you, ma'am, or God bless you, sir. There's only two kinds of people in this world. There's those that are believers and those that are about to be, be believers. Which one do you, which category do you fit in? And, and many times the igniting of their face would light up and they would say, I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a follower. And then there would be others that say, I, I just haven't made up my mind yet about following the Lord. And I could still see Francis. She'd get reached by the hand and pat him. She'd say, honey, there's not a better time than now for me to introduce you to Jesus. Would you just let me pray for you? And I'd watch waitress after waitress as tears would stream down their cheek. What were they on? They were on a mission. They weren't looking back at the days that she had told smutty jokes in a bar where she'd been a bar made for many years. She was on an encounter, and she didn't let an opportunity ever pass her to witness for Jesus. The church had bought us a nice vehicle. It was a red Cadillac. It had several years on it, but it was one of those big Cadillacs. It was one of those when you sat down, and it, it was like a, like a floating cloud. I'll never forget. that. And, and she was just a little bit, I, I can't say overweight. She was just maybe, maybe a little overweight. <laughs> the night she sat down in the back seat of this Cadillac, and, I, and Charles took his place, and we drove out of the out of the motel uh, parking lot in Woodward, I, I heard her say this prayer, Lord Jesus, keep us from them and them from us in Jesus' name, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. I knew it wasn't my driving because this was one of the first times she'd ever rode with me. Later on, the second night, it was a little more intense, but she knew how to pray. We read in the Bible that today, Jesus had, the Lord had made his dissension. But the thing about it, it was a weird moment for the for the. For those that had gathered that were following him, there I, I, I don't know how they responded, but if my friend that I'd been sitting with had just suddenly disappeared and I had other buddies around me, I'd say, any suggestions? <laughs> He's gone. And I'm sure they were struggling just like you would. Maybe it was an awkward moment for them, but apparently somebody was wise enough to ask his question, what do we do now? I've stood by a companion that's lost their companion. And they said to me, Pastor, what do I do now? And there's nothing like an embrace from somebody whose heart is broken and their dreams have been shattered by saying, 
I don't know either, but the Lord has the answer. And he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. It's that mission that we release. It's that encounter we've had with Jesus. And because of that encounter, he grows in our life. And every time we exercise the ability to witness for him, there's something that grows inside of us. There's, a, there's an appetite that grows inside of us. And we watch for the opportunity so that we can embrace somebody who's at a challenge in life to allow the expression of the mission of Jesus to be exposed. You see, it's not about us. It's about Christ in us, the hope of glory. And at that moment, as they were apparently asking ourselves, themselves this question, what do we do now? Just like it does for you and I only in an invisible way, two angels show up and they ask this question. Men of Galilee, what are you doing here? He'll come back, but it's going to be a while. Here's what I need for you to do. And three things I want to highlight in the next 15 minutes about the mission of Jesus. Here's the deal. It's not about my mission and your mission. It's not even about the mission of the Old Grove Community Church. It's about the mission of Jesus. A lot of people have a mission, and they want to see, use Jesus in their mission. Grow up my business, make me healthy, fix my family. Sometimes they can be noble causes and noble organizations, not necessarily even bad things and maybe even things Jesus would approve of. But we've got to be careful that we don't misuse the mission of Jesus. You can go to heaven sick, but you can't go to heaven without the mission of Jesus. You can't accomplish the, the dream of Jesus unless you've had an encounter with him and making him Lord of our life. It's Jesus' mission that we're invited to be a part of, and every day we're his hands extended. Time and time again, little things, not so much big things. Sometimes it's just the little things in life that make a difference. I was, I'm acquainted with an individual in in the nursing home, it's T.C.'s mother. She's blind. She became a blind person in, in a doctor's, under doctor's care. They gave her a, a shot that, that she shouldn't have had, and it took her eyesight, and she's been blind for, for quite some time. But I walked through there this week going down to see Carolyn's brother and, and uh, just to check in to see how he was doing. And she heard my voice when I came into the nursing home. She was in the lobby. She says, Pastor. Only Barbara can say pastor in the way that she said it. She said, I need to talk to you before you leave. I said, I'll be back. I went down to Lyle's room, and here's what it said. Lyle, are you out of cashews? Now, isn't that real spiritual? <laughs> and a big smile flooded his face, and he said, I sure am, pastor. I said, I'll be right back. I'm headed to the grocery store right now. Went to the grocery store and picked up a, a can of cashews, and I came back the the nurse was taking care of him, and she was just drawing the, the curtain so nobody would uh, 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 mess up what she was about to do. And I, I reached through the curtain. I said, ma'am, I'm just Lyle's delivery boy. Would you make sure he gets the cashews? And I heard him chuckle. Mission accomplished. Listen, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, and let the Lord get the credit for it, and you'll receive the blessings. It's all about a mission for Christ. I came back to the area where Barbara was seated. She said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. Can you just push my wheelchair uh, to my room? And I said, you trust my driving? She said, I sure do. Imagine that. We went to her room. She said, Pastor, I've lost my contact with 
with the world. My phone has wore out. And she said, I, I just don't, I don't know what to do. And I said, I know what to do. And she handed it to me. I said, I'll be back. Made a few stops, tried a few things. The next day we brought her a new phone. That lady, you would have thought Jesus showed up. Listen to me. Whatever your, your, your hands find to do, the Bible says do it with all your might. You know why? Because this, we're on a mission for Jesus. And Jesus, Acts 10, 38, said how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed because God was with him. It's a mission. The Bible says even a cup of cold water in his name does not lose its reward. Don't tell me you can't afford to be on a mission for Jesus. He makes it very simple for all of us. Amen. I can think about the discouraging times we've all been through trying to be a mission for Jesus. Not everybody liked us. Somebody said, I don't need that. Somebody said, you're not deep enough for me, preachers. Other people just left and, and found a different place to worship. We can all reflect on the bad things and the things that hurt us. But I, I can tell you one thing. I look at the life of Jesus, the mission he was on, and I see the encounters that he has. The Bible said he knew more about rejection than, than you and I will ever know. He came to his own family, and his own family rejected him. He didn't quit there. You think he could have had a, an excuse to quit? Absolutely. But the, the Bible says he turned, and as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Listen to me. Your mission for Jesus will not always be easy. It will not always make you feel better. You may get a door slammed in your face. You may be called a Jehovah Witness, Marilyn, for knocking on doors and carrying tracts about Jesus. So be it. They saw you were there, didn't they? Yes, I'm telling you, there's something all of us can do. We're on a mission for Jesus, and we represent a kingdom that I have not seen or ear heard. Neither has it been recorded in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. It's under God's sovereign rule that any of us can do what we do. Number one, Jesus' message, message was under his sovereign rule. He ascended to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of, throne, of the throne of God. So Jesus' entire mission is under the sovereign rule of God. Listen, I'm not in charge today. I'm glad I'm not. Jesus is. You're not in charge either. Jesus is. And the whole mission on earth today is, is ruling and resurrected and raising Jesus who is currently seated at the right hand of God. And all of this comes to the next phase. It's kingdom ex expansion. As Michael said, most of our needs could be met just like they were met 40 years ago, 50 years ago around an old altar of prayer when Jesus satisfies the longing desire, when he meets the need in a critical time of our life, when we're at the point of throwing in the, the towel and turning another direction, it's at an old altar of prayer where God can have an encounter with your life and cause you to see that because he lives, he wants you to live also. The kingdom expansion. Jesus' mission is the expansion of his kingdom through the church. There's no mission apart from the church. I want everybody to say this with me this morning. I'm the church. Oh, come on. Turn up the volume. I want the enemy to hear it. I am the church. Come on, let's do it a little bit louder. I am the church. Then there's no mission. There's no mission apart from the church. You're going to see that coming in Acts 2 and 3 in the days to come. He doesn't start with a whole bunch of organizations. He doesn't start, he doesn't start with a bunch of uh, uh, groups. 
But he starts with an organism called the church, and Jesus' mission is to expand the kingdom of God through the church. And here's what he says. Here's what the followers of Jesus heard the two angels say. This same Jesus that's been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same manner you've seen him go into heaven. He's coming again. We're sure of that. Between the time of ascension and the time of his second coming is a time for our witnessing in the church, for the expansion of the kingdom. And the more we work together, the more we pray together, the more we walk in unity and in humility and generosity, the more disciples are made because there's a witness for the mission. The more of God's kingdom advances through the church, the more the Holy Spirit pours out grace and blessings. And the Holy Spirit wants you and me to continue the ministry of Jesus. He's glad to empower us. He's glad to show up. He's glad to help. But not too many people are on that mission. Many people in this world today are on their own mission. If I can just make it to... the first base if I can just get there if I can just get everything paid if I can just get out of debt if I can just get these kids raised if I can just if I can just reach retirement if I can just hang on a few more months till I get retirement I think I'm going to have it made no that mission of Jesus will always be challenging us till the day that we draw our last breath number three this mission is for all nations Nobody's left out of the mission that God has for us. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. At this point, they couldn't grab a map. They couldn't grab a globe. In fact, in that 120 that were surrounding the disappearance of Jesus that day, the only means of travel they had was by foot. And they all travel that way. And none of them got very far away from home, maybe 40 or 50 miles, because they just didn't live in a manner and with the ease of life that we had. They didn't know what was going on in Pakistan. They didn't know what was going on in Iran or Iraq. Or Iraq. They, they didn't know about that. They didn't have a clue. 120 of them said, and what Jesus says is, okay. Okay, the earth, we need to get it. We need to get the mission across. We need to, we need to let uh, Jerusalem know that we're here on a mission. And we're going to not only be satisfied when the ball gets to rolling in Jerusalem, we're, we're going to go to Judea. And we're going to make sure the whole state of Oklahoma knows. And then we're going to go to Samaria. We're going to go to the other part, uttermost parts of the earth. And we're going to tell the people, God's on a mission. And we're here to encourage you. There's a mission that's going on. So we don't grow up. How, how is it going? I, I get to share good news with you quite often, but let me show you some things that are going on. When he said Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and other post, most parts of the earth, what he means is start right where you're at. Watch for an opportunity. Just watch for an opportunity. If you don't see an opportunity... Drive to the hospital and just walk the halls. There's an opportunity. Uh, there was an opportunity just the past few days. Steve, is, who's here in the service this morning, was in the hospital. And I, I was 
I was so blessed when I would open the door and walk in and I would see not only his family, but people from our church who was making a call. What were they doing? Maybe they hadn't asked themselves why they were there, but they were on a mission. Somebody's flat on their back needs to hear somebody that's walking around. They need to see somebody that's got the giddy-up go when they're giddy-up down. And Steve's here this morning. How many pounds you? How many pounds was it you lost? Fifty pounds. Fifty pounds he lost. Don't know, don't any of you run to the hospital and get in the bed today because you want to lose fifty pounds. <laughs> it was a heart condition. You know, Steve, I just want to tell you, I've been thinking about your condition all week. And you know, the mission of Jesus, the Bible says he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. I, I don't know, I just, I just somehow, some way see God just putting life back into that heart that's not operating today. What the, what the doctors may call dead, I was dead in my trespasses and sin one day when Jesus came on a mission and he spoke life. And life came into my life. And I function today because of the mission of Jesus Christ. And I, I just see something happening special to you. That, that heart can come to life again and, and cause you to rise up with wings as eagles and, not, and run and not be weary. Hallelujah. Take a deep breath. How's that? Is that encouraging? Did I discourage Annie? Oh, hallelujah. We can dismiss almost. Then I see Nez. I walked across just down the hall a little ways, and I saw this lady flat of her back. Today, she's in the house of God. Did she, have a, a, did she have an excuse to stay home today? Absolutely. Where's she at? She's on a mission today. Where's she going to be tomorrow? She's going to be in the hospital, and the doctors are going to be seeing if they can in increase her uh, ability to live a life in abundance. She's on a mission today. She's hearing me talk about the mission of Jesus and who knows, there may be a nurse that will bend across her bed tomorrow before she goes into this procedure that will need that smile on Nez's face. Yeah. Maybe some kind words that she's going to express to that nurse that will be waiting on her today. She's on a mission. We're on a mission today because we're here. Not to be entertained, but we're here to be challenged. And you people are such an awesome people to challenge because I see you going about taking care of the challenge of God without somebody asking you, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? And many times, if we've all been followed around saying, I, didn't, I know you couldn't do it. I know you couldn't do it. And we've all had this spirit. We want to say, hit the road, Jack. Get off my back. <laughs> we're not like that. We're not, I, I, thank goodness we're not like that. We're, we're, we may be odd. We're not strange. We're on a mission today. Everyone's on a mission. Every time I see Rachel, I, my mind just begins to reminisce. I can still see the Holy Spirit that encountered her when she was leading the ministry in song and how God would just, and it's because of people that laid a foundation for Sherry and I that we can say we're crossing the 60-year mark of our marriage. Has it all been a bed of roses? No. Has it all been a honeymoon? I wish it had been. But we're on a mission today. And until Jesus calls us home, we're going to be on a mission today. And for rich or for poor, for sickness or for, for health or sickness or health, we're still on a mission. We're still on a mission. And I challenge you this morning. I challenge you this morning with these words. America is not on the mission that we are. But I'm looking at a group of people today that you have a marathon mentality. 
You're not throwing in the towel just because you're not leading the race this morning. You're not throwing in the towel just because the encounters with the Lord hadn't been as rich as other people. You're not throwing in the towel and quitting just because uh, worry and fret and fear may be gripping your heart. But listen to me. Jesus left the presence of about 120 followers. But I can tell you something. Jesus wants us to be less concerned with his coming and more concerned about our going because he can bless the going. And we're all going to be blessed that know Jesus at his coming. Would you stand this morning? While the world says Jesus is slow, while the church says we've heard this all of our life, the coming of the Lord, I have said it in in a very kidding way and part of it's laced with truth and the other part is laced with humor but I was raised on a on a church pew that doesn't look near like what we call a pew today there were four one before slats to sit on and there was four one before to lean your back on and every now and then those finished nails would begin to pull out of the lumber And if you weren't very careful, you never slid across the pew like we're privileged today, or you might rip your pants. (laughs) Pews today don't feel like they feel years ago. They sure don't look like they looked years ago. But they're still on a mission, and they're still called a pew. And I'm glad today that we have the pews. I'm glad that I sat on the one before pew because when I sit on that, I can really say, pew, I love you. <laughs> because it's an awesome privilege to sit on something like we sat on today. But the mission hasn't changed. Surroundings may change. Environments may change. But the mission has never changed. Hebrews 13, 6 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as your heads are bowed this morning, I want to ask you today, is the calling of God of the mission, is the mission of Christ first and foremost in your life? I can tell you something. We all get our, our desires. We all get our list messed up at times. We all get our priorities messed up at times, even in the ministry. But I want you just to have a moment this morning as we hear some soft music played from the sound booth. And is the mission of Jesus Christ important in your life this morning? Have you heard the voice of God lately saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased? Have you heard the mission speaking to you? You need to go to a certain house. And when you get there, I'm going to give you the words to speak. Has he spoken to you lately? You've got a friend in the nursing home that needs a visit. He'd sure be glad to see you. Have you had a friend that's down and out? He's lost his marriage. He's lost his health. He's on welfare today. Have you heard the voice of the missionary saying, you need to go pay him a visit? Todd was reminiscing about yesterday, a couple, young couple stopped at our house. Todd knew them well. They wanted a phone number before he checked into rehab in the morning. And I went to get an address so he could write me during that time. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me, says, you saw the donut in the place of a good tire. And I want you to wrap a $50, $50 around that pen that's got your address on it when you get back. I said, I'll be glad to the Lord. It was a mission from Jesus. You know, I, I just want to tell you something. When you're filled with Jesus, it's not a sin 
not to go to the door door to door and knock and talk about talk about Jesus and the mission to people. It's not a sin. But it is a sin when we hear the voice of the master giving us instruction and we don't obey. And I'm glad this morning that I I, I serve as your pastor. I've watched you obey. I've watched you sacrificially obey. There's some people that are here this morning. You've blessed me in days gone by, and I don't know what I'd ever done if you hadn't blessed me. Beyond and, and above your attendance and beyond, beyond the offering plate, you've been there, and you've blessed our family. And I want you to know the Bible says a cup of cold water in my name will not lose its reward. Maybe you're in a challenging moment today. You need to hear the voice of the Master. Maybe you're at the crossroads of life and you're just not real sure about which way to turn or what, or what to do. Jesus is in our midst this morning and he wants to give us all some direction. The first thing he wants to tell you is that he's a generous God. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll give you strength and courage when you're down and out. He'll be with you when your best friend walks out on you. And he'll always have grace enough that's sufficient to meet your every need. Is there anyone in the congregation whose heads are bowed and eyes are closed today? You're at an intersection in your own life. You need the mission of the Holy Spirit to show you what to do and the direction you need to take. You're at the place that you don't want to make another mistake. Or maybe it's not your mistake that's brought you here. Maybe it's somebody else's mistake that's brought you here. But today you're saying, my heart is open to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. My spirit is subjected to the power of the Holy Spirit today. And I want to be found doing the mission that Jesus has called me to be. Maybe you're here this morning that you've kind of let the mission of Jesus just kind of be second in your life. Maybe your priorities have trumped the mission that Jesus has called you to be on. Maybe you've let doubt, fear, and unbelief, and heartache and sorrow stamp out the mission of Jesus, and it's not primary, it's become secondary in your life. I've got good news for you. He's standing at your heart's door knocking. He wants to talk to you just like he talks to your shepherd. He wants to speak peace in your life, no matter what's going on. I can tell you something. The psalmist David put it this way. I once was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaking, nor his seed begging bread. I'm telling you, if that promise was good for David, it's good enough for us. I'm going to close my part of the service in a, in a moment of prayer today. I don't know whether Jared's came in the building or not, but I'm going to, I'm, if he's within sound, I want him to come and close as he sees fit. But I want every head bowed this morning. I want you to know God isn't looking back to there is where, where I haven't been, uh, been faithful. He's looking at the opportunities that he has laid out for me for the days ahead. So many times we let yesterday confront us and we get discouraged and we fail to remember that today is a new day. Tomorrow will be a new day. And God is not allowing your circumstances, your past, to dis discourage him or defeat him from laying out the mission for you this morning. His plan is perfect. 
His plan is all complete. There have been times in my life I didn't step up to the plate when I knew all the time the Holy Spirit was saying, you're on mission, it's time to step. And when I failed, somebody else did. They stepped in and they received a blessing. They seen the honor and the glory that there was through the obedience of just being able to step up and say, I'm, I'm on a mission for Jesus. It might look real foolish, but I'd rather be a fool for Christ's sake than to be a fool and reject the plan that Jesus has for me. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'd just like to ask a simple question. How many are in this building this morning and you want the mission of Jesus Christ to be re-resurrected? You want it, the fire of God, of knowing God is leading you and God is opening the doors for you and you want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. So when the door opens, you'll be quick to answer, not knowing what God may use, how God may use you, but you know he's going to use you in a certain way. Maybe the fire of desire has burned out. But there's still a coal on the altar this morning. And you'd say, by an uplifted hand today, Pastor, I want my mission for Jesus to be rekindled. I want, I want to be sensitive to his voice when he whispers peace in my life. I want to be sensitive when he tells me, you need to do this, or I'm here to help you make this encounter possible and, and, and prosperous simply through your obedience. That's you this morning. Would you raise your hand up? Oh, God bless hands all across this congregation this morning. Jared's coming to lead us in prayer today, but I want you to know God wants to renew the mission in all of our hearts. He wants the mission to be on fire. I'm praying as I listened to Michael this morning, I said, God, reignite a fire on the altar and let me run to the altar every day that I can lay myself on the altar and leave refreshed and renewed with the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in my life. God bless today. What a joy, what an honor and a joy to be here to encourage you as we talked about the mission of God.